Hi, my name is Roger Coit. I'm the faculty lead for the Colorado Mountain College uh, Leadville Campus Avalanche Science Program. And you're listening to the Avalanche Hour. Welcome to episode 3.7 of the Avalanche Hour podcast. I'm your host, Caleb Merrill. The Avalanche Hour podcast is proudly presented by TAS Gazex, an avalanche of solutions. And our good friends at Ten Barrel Brewing, drink beer outside. The goal of this podcast is to create a stronger community through the sharing of stories, knowledge, and news amongst people who have a curious fascination with avalanches. Happy New Year, everyone. Is your head a little bit foggy from the New Year's Eve shenanigans? Hopefully you can clear it out by listening to this great podcast and heading out for a rip and some pow. Trying to think of a good New Year's resolution? How about upping your avvy savvy game by enrolling in an avalanche course? Maybe you've been putting off taking that recreation level two, or it's been a while since you've brushed up on avalanche rescue. Consider taking an avalanche rescue course just as a good refresher on current best practices. You can find links to providers as well as dates and locations of courses at www.avalanche.org. Check it out. All right, I want to give an extra special thank you to Ten Barrel Brewing for signing on for another season of support of the Avalanche Hour podcast. Born in Bend, Oregon in 2006, Ten Barrel has been all about brewing beer, drinking beer, and outdoor pursuits. As they've grown, so has their reach and impact on the outdoor community. Take, for example, the fact that 1% of all profits from their Pray for Snow Ale goes to the Protect Our Winters organization. Or the fact that they support action sports athletes in their radical pursuits. Or the fact that they produced a ski and snowboard film called Pray for Snow. Check it all out at 10barrel.com or swing by one of their brew pubs in Bend, Boise, Denver, Portland, or San Diego for some fresh craft beer and delicious food. 10-barrel beer. Drink beer outside. All right. I'm sure you've heard about our snow saw giveaway. We've teamed up with Primo Snow and Avalanche to give away some of their El Professional snow saws. These saws are lightweight and cut straight. All you got to do is tag at the Avalanche Hour podcast and at Primo Snow and Avalanche in an Instagram post and you'll be entered to win. Extra entries if your post is from your snow pit. First drawing will be on January 15th. Don't delay, enter today. I've got an amendment to episode 3.6 with Ted Steiner. In our interview, Ted mentioned the inception of the avalanche safety program for the BNSF Railway in John F. Stevens Canyon came about in part after a train derailment from an avalanche in Path 1163. The actual time the railway was shut down was 29 hours, not 72 hours, as was said in the in the interview. A pretty big difference when you realize the impact the railway shutdown has on American commerce. Today, I'm stoked to highlight Roger Coit from Colorado Mountain College's Avalanche Science Program, which is based in Leadville, Colorado. 
Roger is the faculty lead for this program and has been integral in the foundation and growth of the program. I had the pleasure of cruising around the Leadville campus with him and then sitting down and chatting about what has gone into developing a program that is really the first of its kind in the U.S. For more pictures and some written words from Roger about the program, be sure to check out the article in this December's Avalanche Review. Here we go, jumping right in with Roger Coit. Welcome, Roger. Thanks for showing me around campus this morning, beautiful Leadville, Colorado. Just the the highest city in the nation, is that right? Oh, that's a good question. I think we go back and forth with Alma, Colorado. Mm. Um, Maybe we've been winning that for a while. I'm not sure, but it's nice to have some new snow out there on the ground. It is, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, we spent about an hour walking around the campus, and I tell you what, super impressive what you all have going on here. Um, Not just the outdoor studies program, um, I apologize if I butcher some of the names, <laughs> okay. but the ski ski area operations program, and then the of course the avalanche science program, which we're here to talk about today. Um, very impressive what you guys got going on. Thanks. We're 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 really excited, and as we were speaking about um, the campus, we felt was the perfect location to host the program. And when the Colorado Avalanche Information Center was looking to open a forecasting office here. We got to uh, meet uh, Ethan Green, the director of the CAIC, and uh, we started talking about maybe building a specific program uh, in avalanche and snow safety, and and, uh, that was the start of it back in 2009, 2010. We started discussing building a program from the ground up. Right. Well, it's very evident that you are um, a big part of the program, heart and soul of it, um, and had a, had a lot to do with the implementation of, of what's going on with, with the first few years here. Uh, just give us your background. What, what's your background in? How'd you get to where you are today? And, and what are some of the other hats that you wear? <laughs> I, just I, The more I talk about it, the more it makes me feel older. Um, so, I, I, you know, I started with the the college in the mid to late 90s teaching uh Uh, wilderness first responder classes and avalanche safety classes. I was a ski patroller at Monarch Ski Area um, uh, for a decade or more and was the assistant director of ski patrol there and, and, and was coordinating the snow safety program. And so I had a background in snow and public safety as well is where I come from. Uh, I've been a paramedic for Oh, boy, the past 23 years now. And uh, so I've done a lot of wilderness EMS and rescue as well as urban EMS and rescue. Um, I also taught as an adjunct faculty for the college um, over many years. And then when my current job opened, I was hired to teach in outdoor studies and, and emergency medical services and the wilderness medicine. And that's morphed since the last 10 years I've been with the college full time. And uh, so that's where I'm coming from. Uh, you know, I'm a Colorado guy, a Sawatch Range guy. That's uh, my home territory. And the chance to build this program, I've always been an educator as well. And so um, when we started to have the initial conversations with uh, Ethan Green about building a program, I was all over it. I, I, that's what I wanted to do. And I pushed and pushed and pushed for years. And finally, the college administration said, yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. So here we are. 
All right, so let's talk about the kind of the nuts and bolts of, of the program. Um, I guess first break down Colorado Mountain College for us. Um, sure. It, there's, I feel like I've been driving around Colorado for the last, <laughs> you know, week and a half, and there's campuses everywhere. Right, right. So we cover a 12,000-square-mile service area in the central Colorado Rocky Mountains from Steamboat Springs to uh, uh, Glenwood Springs to Chafee County and, and Buena Vista and Salida, uh, Breckenridge, Summit County, et cetera. So we're a large college, uh, but we're separated into um, 11 or 12 campuses throughout those uh, regions. And so it's a really neat system. Uh, there are a lot of programs that are mirrored at different campuses, and then some campuses also have their own specific, you know, uh, focus. And, and the Avalanche Science is certainly one of those for the Leadville campus here. We're in a great spot. Mm -hmm. uh, we're at 10,000 feet. We get standing snow. Through the winter, we have great permitted access through the Forest Service, et cetera, for our students. And so we have interesting terrain to get the students into. And, um, so the college is a, a wonderful uh, community resource. And then this, this program was a perfect fit for the college's uh, sort of funky, unique, great academic, but also job place preparation. And uh, that's how we fit. And it's been great. Mm -hmm. We were talking earlier about um, how, you know, you saw the, go the goal of this program is building a great foundation for students that are going to be applying um, this this into a career. Right, right. Um, you know, we're a community college foremost. We offer a handful of bachelor's degrees as well, a lot of two years associate degrees, and then a list of certification programs. Um, that's under the certification and technical education or CTE side of the house. And uh, when we started building the program, we realized that this is a great certification program, uh, certificate program. And so there's a whole process of getting approved with the Colorado Community College system. Um, we built all of the classes except for one of them from the ground up, which took hours and days and weeks and months of curriculum building, got to to really learn that that's been a fun sidebar for me super interesting and um so those things have 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 tied to make a program that we think will build entry-level workers uh whose jobs take them in and around avalanche terrain so the classic idea of ski patrollers or guides or forecasters but you can expand that to other professions or industries from you know, military winter wartime specialists to uh, hydrologists or uh, research uh, uh, folks that are going to be out in the field. So a big part of building the program was identifying who we're going to serve and what we're going to do for them. And so our hope is that our graduates finish the program with a super solid foundation of skills and knowledge and abilities where they could go into a workplace or continue in promotion in their job in their workplace and, and be safe through their career and be good data collectors and have a, you know, a solid foundation of data interpretation and, and risk management is a huge part of that. Sorry, that sounded like a sales pitch. But. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's, it's great. It's all I talk about. <laughs> um, so what are some of the prerequisites for students coming into the program? Well, you know, we, we built the program realizing that the, that, that we, we need a student who has a, a, a already coming to us a baseline set of knowledge and ability 
um, so that we could enter the the content in the curriculum at the right place. <laughs> so we have both academic and certification requirements and then a resume of, of backcountry uh, movement uh, over snow. Um, so typically uh, the kind of academic coursework that a student would have after their first year of college, uh, college level math, um, English, uh, speech or communications, uh, computer systems, all of those are heavily involved in the curriculum and the roles that a, a graduate would fill. Um, and then certificate side of the house, um, medical uh, training, so wilderness first responder or higher level of medical ed education. But as we were talking about, uh, we want folks that have uh, medical experience or training that also includes more extreme environments. So a wilderness training is, is perfect for that. Um, level one avalanche certification and then uh, the new avalanche rescue course, which go hand in hand. Um, and then a, a resume of uh, skills and ability in the backcountry. We're looking for skiers or snowboarders or snowmobilers or snowshoers uh, uh, who can be reasonably efficient in moving over the snow so that we can focus on the learning objectives of choosing appropriate terrain, evaluating avalanche terrain and so forth. So, you know, um, we don't need experts by any means, but we need folks who can get out there and be safe to start with. Additionally, some of the prerequisites are tied into the Pro One certification that we also offer through the program. Okay, so each, each of these students is getting a Pro One by the first semester or first couple semesters? That's correct. Um, it's uh, one of the culminating points of the first year of studies is uh, that we uh, provide the Pro One testing and we're a Pro One course provider with uh, A3. And we are planning, it's in on the books to uh, become a Pro 2 course provider for uh, next winter season. We'll okay. engage in that. And so our hope is for qualified students um, at the end of their second year, they could also graduate with their Pro 2 certification. All right. Yeah. And, and on top of the program certificate, the, it's called the Certificate of Occupational Proficiency. That's a common terminology for community college systems, like a paramedic, for mm -hmm. instance. And for us, it's a Certificate of Occupational Proficiency as a Snow Weather and Avalanche Field Technician. That's the mouthful name of the certificate. And that's recognized or becoming recognized? Becoming recognized. the industry? Yeah, you know, we built it from the ground up. This didn't exist previously anywhere. anywhere. And so when we built the program, we kind of erased the whiteboard, so to speak, and started from scratch and, and took some concepts like uh, prolonged uh, educational exposure, mentored exposure to the snowpack and phenomena of avalanches through two full winter seasons. So students are engaged for a prolonged period of time and that and that built the that certificate as a snow weather and avalanche field technician. That stands in and of itself, but is not widely recognized because it's so new. Part of our job is getting that information out and uh, early Early feedback from the industry has been fantastic. Uh, uh, we've had really great uh, reception from uh, industry decision makers like ski patrol directors or uh, guide services and so forth. So that certificate in and of itself is uh, gaining in notoriety. 
I'm sure it is, and yeah. I'm sure it's only going to snowball from here. Oh, hopefully in a good way, right? Yeah, it's right. only going to avalanche from here. <laughs> Sorry. So do, do students come and stay for, for two full winter semesters here in Leadville, or, or I understand you can do it remotely as well? Right. So part of uh, one of the really exciting features about the program that we built in is that it's a hybridized uh, two-year program. Um, and so students for each year uh, come to campus for around seven to 10 day intensive sessions where they are on campus attending classes and doing a great deal of field work with the faculty. Um, and before those sessions and in between those sessions, students remain engaged with the curriculum uh, taking online classes. Um, we use live online classes. So the instructors and the students log into a WebEx session. Um, these are recorded as well, but the students and, and instructor interact real time face to screen um, and participate in a variety of kind of normal classroom things. Additionally, uh, students will also do online work independently. Um, and we have a unique risk management program that students in their home areas in between their campus sessions when they return home will go out and do snow analysis and we monitor them in real time uh, using uh, in-reach GPS devices and we have a check-in and check-out program and so the faculty on campus monitor students while they're doing field work in real time and, and that's a, a interesting strength of the program as well. And it's worth noting, everybody always looks at me cross-eyed, the students don't go in the field by themselves. We call it independent field work, but they have to have a suitable partner to go out and do their home field snowpack evaluation and so forth. Somebody that you've vetted or at least have seen a resume of? Exactly. Uh, the, we teach the students how to vet their partners and gotcha. then the students report back to us. And that's part of sort of engaging them in the risk management concepts and practices. Excellent. So yeah. you said, so these in intensive campus sessions, you said they're seven to 10 days. Um, and how many of them are there for a semester? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, three of those. So the students will come, the first year students come early, we call it a dry land session. They come in September, mm -hmm. um, no snow on the ground, but we talk about a lot of basics, how the two years are gonna go. We start engaging them in coursework. Um, and then we talk about basic, uh, what's in your kit, what kind of rescue repair equipment, are you, we have standards for all of that, uh, how to be appropriately equipped to come back and do field work during their second session, which will be mid-December. And then the first year students finish up, I think in March um, uh, with their third session. And at the very end of that, we test them on their pro one uh, skills and ability. Second year students, a little different. Um, they still do three on-campus sessions. The second year students, we try to operationalize their knowledge and abilities from the first year. So their three sessions also scattered through the winter. Um, they don't do a dry land session. They do a December, February, and late March, I think, session. And uh, in those, they are they continue with specific coursework, but they are also involved in a project for each each of those sessions so 
similar to being a contractor for an industrial application or ski area application or a recreational application. And the students break into small teams with the lead faculty and they go accomplish a list of deliverables that would be related to that project. For example, here's a mine site. Uh, you've got to develop uh, a portion of the snow or an avalanche safety program and the rescue and response and so forth, and also forecast for mining operations, for instance. So kind of real, real, are they working with, say, a mining operation, or is this like a simulated? Those are, yes and no. Some are more realistic, uh -huh. like going to a ski area with hike to terrain that we're going to build an avalanche uh, safety pro uh, program for, um, or the mining operations are kind of, we're in Leadville, so there's some, old mining terrain and some stuff we can say, yeah, there's the mine portal right now. Figure out where you want to put the storage shed and the crew quarters and the access road and how you're going to control that. Yeah. Real yeah. world application. That's, that seems so important as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we walked down to the, to the weather station area on campus mm. here, which was super impressive. And, um, you know, there was automated weather station, two automated weather stations you were saying, and then, a uh, myriad of, of manual weather obs, which I think is so important for students to to get nailed down right from the get-go, how to take manual weather, snow and weather observations. So you can talk the same language as your supervisors once you're placed into, into the workplace. Right. We use the SWAG guidelines as an intensive uh, basis for our data collection. Um, the name of the certificate kind of fell in the place with that snow weather and avalanche field technician. So our students are heavily involved in, in learning about and applying the, the data collection methods and reporting methods as outlined in SWAG. And particularly the first year is very heavy on that. Mm -hmm. And it also serves the purposes of their Pro 1 and Pro 2 certification as well. And so the weather stations, we're very excited to have an on-campus study plot and a manual weather station and a remote telemetered site on campus. And then we also have a weather station, a remote telemetered weather station on uh, Mount Zion, which is just down the valley here on a ridgeline at about 11,800 feet. So the students are using our own weather stations as well as the network of weather stations uh, uh, throughout the state um, uh, to do their trip planning and risk management planning and uh, forecasting uh, activities as a part of the curriculum. And so next year, we hope to be rolling out a uh, course in how to uh, build and program and maintain uh, remote telemetered weather station sites. That's on the docket for new stuff. That's going to be super valuable, and I'm sure plenty of ski patrols around the country yeah. are going to be excited to get some graduates out of your program with those skills. Yeah, because a lot of people don't have that. You know. We we yeah, there you know it's definitely a niche sort yeah. of uh, certification. Not everybody's going to engage in the material at the level that we offer it, but. Um, um, there's definitely a demand for folks uh, who are interested in promoting their careers as a patroller or snow safety worker or guide or folks who are think they want that as a career and, and enter as a new ski patroller or moving in the guiding track or education or whatever. Um, and, and exposure to this kind of equipment is the hands-on part of the program that we are 
really excited about. Too. Yeah, I, I've certainly spent my fair share of time on the telephone <laughs> with Campbell Scientific, <laughs> trying to figure stuff out with weather stations, and oh and um, I think that's a that's a great addition to the yeah. program. So, Roger, how many students are in the program right now? Well, we intentionally are keeping each year's cohort of students small. So we're shooting for a 12-student cohort. That works well for our student-to-instructor relate uh, uh, ratios as we're doing field work and then also just uh, intimacy of the educational process. So we start uh, started last... Our first year student group was, I think we started with 14, and then we get a little attrition, so we're at 11 students in that cohort now. And our first year group right now, some early on attrition, we've got 10 students, though. By the time of students entering the program, though, they've been engaged with us a good deal, submitting their application, talking about if the program's right for them, and and, uh, uh, making sure it's a good fit. How many applications would you say you had this year? Oh, yeah, great question. You know, more and more, it's kind of catching on like wildfire. Uh, so the application process is a bit competitive. Um, uh, I think we probably had 16 uh, uh, applicants who were qualified and accepted in the program. And then uh, some of them drop out for various reasons. So we're at 10 in our first-year cohort. Mm-hmm. The students we have are fantastic. They're just so interested and focused on gathering information across the spectrum. And uh, uh, it, it's been wonderful. Overachievers. Right. And what's what would you say? You, you don't have to have the exact statistic, but uh, in <laughs> terms of <laughs> in terms of Colorado residents to out of state. Oh yeah, uh, majority Colorado residents. Uh-huh. Um, the college's tuition rates are very inexpensive for Colorado residents, and then especially for residents of the college's district. That twelve thousand square mile range uh, tuition rates are a super bargain. Our out-of-state tuition is still a bargain when you look at other colleges' out-of-state costs. Um, so what are we, we talking here? I mean, oh, probably twenty percent out-of-state uh-huh. and the rest in-state. Okay. I think as we get more, my hope is as well as we get more widely recognized, um, we'll have more out-of-state students involved. We like that. As a sidebar, I just want to say. I mentioned as students return to their home areas in between their campus sessions, they're continuing to do uh, snowpack analysis and data collection. And we come back and evaluate their work. And the exposure to students digging in other climate zones is a great sort of, you know, uh, cross-pollination of information and exposure to our students. You know, digging on the Sawatch Range and, and moving through the Sawatch Range is one pretty, you know, unique, sometimes great, sometimes sketchy mm-hmm. snowpack, but it's great to see someone in class. And one of our students is from the Seattle area. Digging up in that uh, more maritime climate is a real contrast. And so it gives students good exposure to climate zones. Yeah, I can imagine that, yeah. would, that would be a nice perspective to have. So you would, you would discourage somebody from Florida from entering the program probably? Well, not unless they had a vacation home somewhere where there's snow. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but your home area with quote marks around it is a place where you can get out and get into a seasonal snowpack and get into some terrain. So it's that's limiting in and of itself. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, talk about some of the faculty involved with the program yeah we're got really some pretty lucky. heavy hitters <laughs> <laughs> all of them would deny that in a second um, we have a great faculty group um, the core 
group building the program and continue to teach and act as technical advisors and continue to work with me to develop the program. Uh, of course, Dr. Ethan Green, or just Ethan Green, who's the director of the Colorado Avalanche Information Center, is his real job. Um, he also teaches in some of the classes uh, and certainly as a technical advisor. Uh, Dr. Kelly Elder, or just uh, Dr. Kelly, <laughs> um, uh, from the U.S. Forest Service, um, it just a wonderful, wonderful uh, wealth of knowledge from those two. And then Brian Lazar uh, has been heavily engaged in the program and teaches. Um, we have uh, a couple of forecasters that currently work with the CAIC on, on staff. Uh, uh, Bex Hodgetts uh, is a, a transportation corridor forecaster and Blaze Reardon, um, to name a couple. Um, we're adding more every day. And then uh, John McKinnon, uh, who comes from the guiding world uh, and the education world. So um, it's a great mix. We're, we're growing uh, as we're our second year students are coming through their second year studies. So we've intentionally tried to keep our student to instructor ratios small and also try to just get the best instructors, uh, not only knowledge, but knowledgeable, but really importantly, that are good teachers. Mm -hmm. And this crew is wonderful because they, they love it. You know, they, all of them have said on multiple occasions, I do it for free because they love to do it. And so, um, we've unleashed them on the students. Yeah. A tremendous amount of mentorship. I'm sure is going on there. Yeah. That's a key part of it, you know, is, yeah. is to, 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 to go and study a topic, particularly in the field, maybe grain ID in a snow pit, you know, that's something that takes uh, feedback on uh, to really understand what you're seeing and the ability to, to, to dig with a, a, an instructor mentor by your side and then to go home and dig and have a question and be able to ask them. We use a lot of uh, multimedia components in the program as well, like live WebEx and so forth. So we've also been building a live snow classroom so we can do grain ID in real time and broadcast that out to students at home. And they can be looking at the same snow grains at the same time as the instructor is digging the pit. And that's a, that's a neat thing too. And so that exposure to instructors and, and someone you can keep bouncing questions off of for that couple of years and beyond is one of the big features of the program that we're excited about as well. I was always frustrated myself, you know, I'd take a course and, and uh, get really excited about some topic and then go home and be doing it at home and not quite sure what I was doing and didn't always have a mentor. Right. Yeah. I think we can all, we've all been there probably. <laughs> so are most of the faculty, here on campus for the intensive sessions? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so like the students, uh, uh, well, a great example is uh, Blaze Reardon, who lives over in the Roaring Fork. Um, he's teaching every Monday and Wednesday night uh, online with his students. He logs in from his home office and conducts the class. But then when we have the on-campus session, he'll be here and leading students in the field or in the classroom as well, face-to-face. -face. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. Um, Talk about how you think it, this program is benefiting students as well as their potential employers. Well, I think it ties to a lot of what we've said is it's the duration of the exposure to the material. Um, a big kind of tagline of the program or speaking point is that students will follow the snowpack from the first snowfalls in the early season, like right now, until the ablation of the snowpack, uh, you know, late into the spring. Um, and so they will see the development and the changes in the snowpack 
temporally as well as geographically throughout time. Um, uh, and so that duration and depth of exposure, I think, is what the students get out of it. And I think what they're very excited about. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they want to get serious about the topic and, and you know, take it to an intensive set of studies. Um, whether they're a recreationalist or have, you know, uh, job aspirations, uh, you know, most of our students are pros or pro aspire to be pros in the business. But we have a few students who are just doing it for their own recreational, um, you know, uh, improvement, self-improvement. Uh, and then graduating employers we very much are working, and this is a community college sort of focus anyways, is to produce job-ready graduates who are not experts in the field by any means, but have this solid foundation in uh, being safe, number one, have a great exposure and practice with risk management uh, concepts and practices, um, have a strong data collection abilities, so the skills they can dig and they can test uh, to a swag standard and be assessed and, and certified in that. And then also the data interpretation and forecasting component, you know, what to do with this data and how to apply it to operational um, applications, whether it's industrial or recreational or uh, uh, educational. Man, this, this whole this whole program is so amazing, Roger. I, I really got to commend you for for all the work that yeah. you guys have done. Um, I certainly wish that. Well, well, I would even considering <laughs> enrolling myself. You know, I, if if there's any listeners out there that are interested in this, um, I highly recommend getting to Colorado, and getting your residency, living, <laughs> living within this area, and get that in-state tuition and, and enroll in this program. If you're a if you're a young gun that's looking to get into the avalanche industry. Um, how can people find out more about this or, or what is the application process and when should folks start to think about that throughout the year? Yeah, thanks. A uh, little plug for the program. So we, uh, we accept um, applications to the program in the early part of the year. So probably January, February, we'll start accepting applications from students who are looking to start in fall of 2019, right? The next uh, cohort will be the 1920 season. Um, the application, since it's a bit competitive, uh, you know, we're asking students to get on the ball. We'd rather not have an 11th hour application. That, that's tough. So the bulk of the cohort is built. You know, we, we've reviewed applications and accepted students usually by June uh, of the, that previous summer. And then they start their studies in um, in August, like I said. Mm -hmm. So a lot of dry land stuff, uh, online stuff. They do a full meteorology class and the, we've integrated the Colorado Avalanche Information Center's mountain weather workshop. Um, so if you're interested in applying, there's the application process, which takes a bit of time. Um, you can find a bunch of information about the program on the college's website, which is Colorado MTN. Edu, um, and then you would just do an internal search for avalanche science, and it defines the program. It has an uh, application process, uh, a big FAQ section. Um, it describes the standards for the program and, and, and the coursework and the curriculum. Uh, and then you can always contact me directly. Uh, I spend a lot of time promoting the program, like this podcast. And I'll be, I was at just at Seesaw and I'll be speaking at NSAW coming up um, at the end of the month. Uh, but you can always speak to me. Um, 
And so I'm at rcoit, so R-C-O-I-T, at coloradomtn.edu. And I'm happy to field questions from listeners who are interested in the program. Awesome. You going to be at any other saws? Just a side note, Roger always has the best candy at his <laughs> yeah. tables. So and that entices people to come yeah. on over and talk the Avalanche Science Program from CMC. At least I'm not handing it out from the side of a van, right? <laughs> I'm luring people over to our desk. Right. We do have the best candy. Um, I will not, I will be, I did Seesaw and Ensaw, and then uh, John McKinnon will be speaking at the Bend Saw, which oh. is a pretty new one. I'll so be there as well speaking. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. It, we're, we're presenting not only about the program, but about the risk management uh, practices that we've in, in, instigated in the program. We feel like that's a, a neat thing that the industry would like to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Roger, I think we'd be remiss to not talk about some of the other programs you have out of the campus oh, for yeah. the public. You, you're also a public educator, public avalanche educator, area provider. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we have a long history as an area provider and recreational avalanche safety training, and we continue to offer, uh, you know, a, a list of level one and level two and avalanche rescue classes um, here on our campus and at the, many of the other CMC campuses, uh, mm-hmm. Summit Campus and Steamboat and so forth. They also offer a list of recreational avi classes. Um, in addition, we do a lot of community outreach uh, in avalanche safety for for the layperson or recreationalist. Uh, we run the Colorado Avi Talks series. Uh, I've teamed up with Zach Moore, who's the director of Monarch Ski Patrol, and so we put on a uh, series of talks or presentations or workshops for folks that way as well. And that's that's uh, you know the bigger picture of the program. You can engage at the professional level all the way down to getting uh, public information out there uh, for folks is is our the spectrum. It's been nice for us as well. We've been having our current students in the program assist with our recreational avalanche safety courses and other activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really want them to engage in the spectrum of uh, uh, of uh, professional avalanche safety uh, disciplines across the board. There's also an internship uh, associated with the, the the avalanche science program as well. And so our second year students are. Uh, putting together their internships for the for the winter season as well. Mm. Yeah. Something else that you highlighted when we were talking earlier about is it's just kind of the communication and public speaking aspect of this. Yeah. And, you know, like it's one thing to be able to dig in the snow and do grain ID, but if if you don't know how to communicate that not only to your coworkers and supervisors but to the public, you know, that's a that's a huge part of the job. It has, and we 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 thought that at the beginning and so we built the speech or communication course uh, 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 prerequisite and then uh, we realized that uh, communicating through a variety of different audiences is big we didn't realize how important it was and so uh, our second year students are kind of grinding their teeth but they you know People hate public speaking, mm-hmm. but it's it's a focus of the program to give information to a variety of different off, uh, audiences through a variety of different media, whether it's a podcast or a PowerPoint presentation or uh, a, a paper, uh, a written forecast. And, and so that's been a neat um, fallout from the program is our students now, our second year students, 
we could ask them, hey, put together a talk on this small topic, and they'd, they'd put together something pretty flashy and get up in front of a group and give it. And, and uh, we've, I'm smiling while I say this. It's been torture for them, but they've really developed some good competency in that. So yeah. it's been neat. Well, keep the podcast in mind going into the future <laughs> yeah. if there's any way that we can involve, um, you know, utilizing some of the students to convey some information oh, or yeah, some of the yeah. work that we're doing. Absolutely. We'd love to highlight it. Um, so, Roger, this this whole program has been a labor of love for you. And, <laughs> and you were mentioning earlier it's, it's kind of been your whole life all consuming. What's the most rewarding part, would you say? Well, uh, um one of it, it, selfishly, is that I got to work in building the program I always wanted to do when I was coming up in the industry. Um, there was nothing like it. And so that's been really fun. Uh, the bigger perspective answer is that we're there's a demand for our students now. So I'm getting called for students to come as interns or to come and be hired um, in a variety of different jobs and that's just the best thing is to get a student out there in the industry and gainfully employed in that profession there's nothing better than that um, we've got students who will be who are participating in some primary research uh, um, with some folks and so uh, you will see some of our students and graduates of the program with their names on papers and presentations at SAWs and ISSWs and so forth moving forward in the future. And that's great. That's, that's you know, just a, the target for us. Mm. Yeah. And, and you get you have a few students over at ISSW right yeah, now. Yeah, so right? we have a poster uh, at ISSW uh, about the program itself. And then uh, Ethan and uh, Kelly Elder are there uh, at the conference. Kelly's, I think, one of the conference coordinators mm -hmm. and then a couple of second year students are at the conference now and uh, they're going to be there at the poster presentation as well because tell you know telling the story firsthand as being a student in the program yeah it, huge smiles we're getting you know instagram posts from them every day it's like ah super jealous but super proud that they're engaged with the industry and that's a that's a big thing for us is our students we we want the industry to know about them and we want to introduce them to the industry all aspects of avalanche safety and snow science yeah excellent yeah we hope that our graduates are um what we say they're going to be and that the industry sees the value um in our folks that's you know that remains a question mark we did a lot of industry polling before we started and when we built the curriculum we asked the industry it's like hey does this and when we say the industry about 42 44 different folks from across spectrum from, from military folks to hardcore academia to uh, uh, guiding services and so forth. You know, we wanted to see what they thought of what we were thinking. And the, the responses were like, yeah, have you thought about this? And so it helped us build our program curriculum. And then uh, um, that feedback was kind of universally, this sounds really cool, but I'm not sure how it'll work. So that was, that was, uh, we were feeling very much the same way. Mm -hmm. And so, like you were asking, the, a great feedback is when uh, somebody calls me and says, hey, I'm looking for a new patroller or, uh, you know, I, I, I need an intern for my cat skiing operation or whatever. I got some data that needs to be sorted through or a curriculum that needs to be worked on. So we hope we're going to deliver that. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, I bet, I bet that's the case. Um, it'll be interesting to see 
some of the success stories after yeah. the second year yeah. students graduate. Yeah. Uh, the, the, we got one guy who got picked up by Loveland Patrol in, in, after his first year. And I was speaking to the recruiters for Loveland Patrol, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> this sounds really good. Well, I mean, pretty soon there's going to be two resumes on somebody's desk, and one of them is can be right. somebody that's gone right. through the Avalanche Science Program and somebody that's, you know, taken a area level two course. Well, and I, you know, those courses like Aries programming, they're wonderful. I, I don't I don't think that we supplant any of those existing uh, pro and rec courses. I think uh, we just build on a theme. Well, and it just shows the commitment to professionalism. If somebody's willing to spend two years of their life going right, right. through this program. Right. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's super fun. And it's fun to work with students who are those, mm -hmm. right? And uh, sometimes it creates problems because they're a little too overachievers, you know. Right. Uh, how come I got a, only a 98 on that test? It's like, okay, give me a break. You know, you're doing great. Uh, but that, that's the sort of folks we're getting. And, and uh, I can't help but think that they can't help but be successful when they're done with the program. Right. Yeah. Um, that's wonderful. It, some people, and, you know, we've had some attrition with the application process. We try, we try to spend a lot of time talking about how much work it is in the rigor, but still we have folks that sign up, they get a, a, accepted, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize it was, like, that much work. Um, and so that's a messaging thing that we got to work mm. on as well. I think we're pretty good at it. Yeah. People tend to be kind of passive consumers of, of education in general. And I think avalanche classes, you show up for your three days or five days and um, uh, you get a ticket. The pro training, I think, is great for that. The assessment part sure. of it is really um, uh, done good for the student uh, engagement and, and proving their competence. Well, I'd like to get your take on this. I, I've always thought that. The Av it's great to have the avalanche rescue course now within the curriculum. <laughs> Why isn't this like CPR, right? You're, you know, you're a paramedic and right. And in emergency medicine, like I think it's, or diving, right? Yeah. You yeah. got to recertify your dive, right. whatever it is. I'm not a diver, but <laughs> I do have my CPR and I have to recertify it every three years. Um, and, and so why is an avalanche rescue going that way? Yeah. You have any thoughts on that? Or? Right. Yeah. You know, well, I think a huge step has been made by carving it out of the recreational track as a standalone mm -hmm. class, number one. And then it continues to be covered in a level one and level two class, but a smaller, smaller portion of that time. So that's a great first step. Um, like I would love to see be part of a backcountry community where it's like, hey, Roger, we just met having a beer last night. You, you want to go skiing tomorrow? Like. Well, let me see your avalanche rescue card. Right, right. Like, right. when was the last time you took this course? Right, you know. Right. Um, well, we're we're moving we're moving. I think in a great direction. I, you know, I've <laughs> I've been in the medical side of it, an instructor and and teaching CPR classes. Goodness knows for how many long years. <laughs> I'd be quite happy never teaching another CPR <laughs> class in my life. But uh, I, I think there is a lot to that. Is that maintaining of continuing professional development and education that pros really need to have now to maintain their 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 certification status and competency so um, my personal belief is I, I don't want to have to get enter that market of two-year or three-year renewal I'd rather keep it in the broad continuing professional development mm. requirements I think that's from what I've seen from the healthcare side of it the emergency medicine side I think that could work better um, 
uh, the pro track pro rec split right that's increased the game in the united states hugely yeah. it's like competency based and right. it's wonderful to see so rescue hopefully ties into that and stays part of that well and hopefully people within the community take it seriously enough that they take it upon themselves to do that well that's yeah. a trick right you can go to a class and you can spend a day and feel pretty good but it's that ongoing practice that mm -hmm. we all got to drive ourselves to do right uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, selfishly being an educator and teaching them it's like i stay practiced <laughs> yeah but it's pretty easy to get out of practice if you're not oh, yeah, boy, in the you. industry or, oh yeah, yeah you know so don't yeah. cut any corners out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah stay safe man be ready yep. be ready we spend a lot of time with students about that you know mm -hmm. they're their preparedness is a mindset and and the, the tools and equipment that go with that in the skills practice. And that's something that, that I hope we're getting across to the students as well. Roger, can you recount any uh, formative experiences in your career um, recreationally or, or professionally that um, whether it was a close call or near <laughs> miss or, you know, um, where things sort of clicked? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's always... A retrospect thing <laughs> and it's usually it, it probably for a lot of the listeners is you know stuff i got away with that i had no idea about right it's like oh dang i'm glad i lived that through that one or lived through that season um yeah you know having good mentors and and maybe not so great mentors in the past that was a big one you know uh uh knox williams and and uh denny hogan uh dale atkins those guys were my role models and mentors coming up and and uh still seeing them today and 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 talking to them about the program is is really cool um yeah close calls uh, getting away with it, um, not really understanding what I was doing. Um, those things have hit me hugely and continue to hit me today. Uh, you can't help but uh, when you hang out with the kind of crowd of faculty and, and advisors that we have for the program. And so selfishly, it's wonderful for me to keep learning uh, so much at this level from those folks. That's been wonderful. You never really stop, right? No, 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 man. And and the, the right, the more you uh, the more you learn, the the more you realize what you don't know. That's well said. Yeah, I like being in medicine too. Right. Well, Roger, I really appreciate you taking yeah. the time to sit down and talk about the program. And man, I'm I'm super impressed. <laughs> and I really, I'm not just saying this. If if there's anybody out there that's interested, you better call Roger and start a conversation. <laughs> get your application ready, because. Um, this is, uh, I think this could be the future of, of a new standard for avalanche workers. Well, maybe part of it. We'd, we'd, we'd hope to be part of it. And thank you, Caleb. We really appreciate you coming and letting me give you the tour and talking about the program. All right. We'll see you out there on some skis someday. Real soon, I hope. Yeah. Let's get snow going. All right. Cheers. All right, mate. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with Roger. If you're interested in applying to the program, you can find out more about it from their website at coloradomtn.edu backslash avalanche dash science. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So you can just cruise over to the show notes and click on that and, and find out more and how you can apply to the program. Thanks for listening to the show today. Please spread the word and stoke by telling your friends about the show, rating and reviewing us on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on. And don't forget to send me feedback. Let me know what you think. If you love it, if you hate it, I want to hear. Thanks again to the sponsors of the show, TAS Gazex and 10 Barrel Brewing. 
Big thanks to Mike T for the artwork and the continual support in the graphic needs department. Music today was performed by Little Glass Men and Anatech and made possible through the Creative Commons license and found on freemusicarchive.com. Check out more of their tracks there. Don't forget to tag us and Primo Snow and Avalanche in an Instagram post to be entered to win a sweet new El Professional Snow Saw. Until next time, stay tuned, stay safe, and keep having fun out there. Cheers. Okay, we got this bitchin' new Camaro. Right. Come check out this. Yeah. You wanna drive it around some?